Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, look who it is. It's you. Well, I'm so happy to have you here. Well, me and Andrew have just been sitting here. And we wanted to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Andrew, tell them a little bit about Patreon. Oh, Patreon is a place you can go if you'd like to support us a little more. You can uh, give us anywhere from dogs barking to to a hundred to a hundred dollars if you wanted to. Give us any amount of money. But we also offer after parties for some of our episodes. Uh, footage of my dogs barking repeatedly while I'm trying to record, and, well, actually, we don't have that one, not yet, that's gonna be an exclusive, um, only to $250 donors, yeah, $250 donors get footage of my dogs barking while I'm trying to talk, um, alright, you wanna start that again? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. (laughs) Who are our current patrons, Jess? (laughs) This is a fucking mess. Our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunick, Benjamin Lear, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, jo- Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Taskier, Colin McLeod, Fire September, Mina Maniri, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Haley Murray, Allison Wonderland, B-Way Flicks, Michael Johan, Nathaniel Stacey Coombe, Joseph Evans, Joseph Evans Green, Luna Rocks 222, Uregel, Duray, Witter, William Want, and Carrie Ahem, Aherm. Would you... They're wonderful. I love them all. They give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you'd like to get, join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks such as patron-only commentaries, or episodes a day or, or even earlier, come join us over at Patreon. Alright, Andrew, are you ready to start this show? Oh, yeah. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you doing today, Andrew? Well, I'm live from someone else's basement. What are you doing? What are you doing in someone else's basement? Well, I do their laundry. Um, I asked them for a raise, but they're too uh, too cheap to give me one, so they told me I can just keep their uh, keep their son's money. How much money does he usually does he usually keep in his pants? Is- like a quarter, maybe. Sometimes. Sometimes $20, though. What happens when you try to take his $20? Well, I just tell that kid that he's a he's a freaking 
You're gonna have to bleep this part out because I'm about to go into some serious racial slurs. Ah, this week we're talking about Carolyn or change. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina Change is a through-composed musical with book and lyrics by Tony Kushner and a score by Janine Tesori that combines spirituals, blues, Motown, classical musical, classical music, and Jewish klezmer and folk music. The show ran both off-Broadway and on-Broadway as well as in London. It's about to have a revival pretty soon in 2020, which looks pretty neat, guys. Andrew, what was your overall thoughts, like initial thoughts on Carolina Change? Um, Caroline or Change, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> that, that's what people say when they watch my short films and I know they didn't like it. It's interesting. I don't know. It, the thing is, it's kind of a long show with not too much going on. Um, you know, like, they, they have a few plot points, um, and really it just kind of meanders to the end. Which, I, I'm more of a fan of plot-driven stuff. I know that this type of musical is probably popular for some people who are more interested in, like, the like drama me. element like me. of it. Yeah, whereas I, I kind of prefer there to be a, a story that, you know, beginning, middle, end kind of thing. I mean, this it has that, really, though. It just... It has that, but only in, like, the most bare-bones kind of form. <laughs> well, that's kind of Tony Kish Kushner's way. Tony Kushner is a well-regarded playwright, known mostly for Angels in America, and he's now, like, writing a bunch of famous stuff. Like, he wrote Lincoln for Steven Spielberg and is writing the new West Side Story. So he's kind of pushed himself from, like, Broadway theater into, like, the mainstream. He's no longer a niche artist. He is mainstream. Very much mainstream. And he writes very meandering pieces. Like, Angels in America is a wonderful, incredible piece with, like, brilliant moments. But it meanders quite a bit into a six-hour-long play. I don't think I could sit through that. <laughs> well, how they do it, and it is pretty good, and I've seen a couple of my friends perform it once, is act, or the first part, is three hours, and then they feed you dinner in between, and then they sit you down for the second three hours. I need a break halfway through a three hours. I mean, I need a break halfway through two hours. In <laughs> <laughs> fact, you need a break right now, in halfway between the 15 minutes we, since we started. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm already... I didn't take my two poops. Uh, I need a break. <laughs> He's got his colostomy <laughs> bag on, like... That's wait, it. wait, so if you're if you're watching a six-hour play, I mean, you're gonna need, like, eight poops before you start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> eight poops before seeing Angels in America. Very true. It's a great, it's a great show. Um, I think Carolina Change is just more up my alley than that show in general, but it has very similar themes like race relations in America, um, Jewish relations in America, and it comes very much from Tony Kushner's own relationships and his own feelings and his own culture. It definitely feels very like grounded and real. 
they do some like theatric stuff like uh characters like in the moon or talking to each other when they're not really there but right. uh mo for the most part it's a it's a pretty grounded story where not much like strange happens you know why don't you describe the story for us andrew okay well carol caroline is a uh person who lives in uh louisiana um and uh she's working for a jewish family um as a maid basically servant of some kind yeah maid, uh, she cooks more or less. she cooks and does the laundry every day yeah she gets like 30 bucks for it which i don't know when this what time i mean actually i do know when this is supposed to take place this is when jfk 1963 uh, yeah um so i don't was that a lot of money i, I don't think so. that was very much <laughs> um but she's struggling and she has three kids to take care of um and she asks for a raise and the family can't give it to her because the family is struggling. Um, the family is another aspect of the show. They're kind of like the secondary characters, I would say. It's weird because um, they kind of, they have more development than most of like what feels to be the normal characters. Yeah, like uh, Caroline's friend and her kids have like almost no development, like very minimal. Um, whereas like everyone in the family has their own plot point in like their own story arc of some sort <laughs> thirty dollars in 1963 money translates to 251 dollars and 94 cents in current time money what happened <laughs> <laughs> just, just so that we all know um you how know, is she how wait how is she struggling that's a ton of money every day i don't think it's every day <laughs> i think it's like every week maybe Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Like, if she was making $250 every day, like, holy crap. <laughs> no, I think that's once a week. All right. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that is very little. Okay. Um, yeah, so the in the family, um, there's the son who likes likes Carolyn, and he's, he's like her friend from the family, I guess, and she goes and he goes and visits her. He also um, sees her his, more of a mother than he does, like, his father's new girlfriend or wife yeah because his mom died and that's kind of his sticking point through the whole thing uh and he doesn't like the new stepmom um and the stepmom is like weird in this and i guess we'll get to her yeah <laughs> i i don't really understand her perspective i don't really know what she's on about i don't know what she <laughs> like is she supposed to be sympathetic or are we supposed to feel for her it's like they frame her as like a villain but also sympathetic and like i don't really know how we're supposed to feel about her and she like talks to herself and she says like weird ominous things sometimes you know like... who she reminds me of a little <laughs> bit but not nearly as well developed who trina from falsettos like it feels like they're kind of cut from the same cloth except um she's a little bit more racist in carolina change yeah okay um the dad doesn't do much he plays the clarinet i like that he's represented by a clarinet every time like he's around yeah that's uh, i mean honestly without that he has nothing so <laughs> um they believe in science um and he tells his son there is no god if you die you just die and then caroline gives um good on him noah like the hope of thinking hey there's a heaven and everything is made by god yeah she rips that away from him though don't worry oh yeah she does <laughs> oh yeah she does um yeah uh, and then I guess like the main, I w what I would consider the main plot is the between Carolyn and and Noah, and that's that Noah keeps leaving money in his pockets, and the 
new s- stepmother tells uh, her that she can keep it. The basically tells Carolyn of, that she can keep it. Basically, out of guilt is the thing. She doesn't do it just because, like, oh, it's a punishment to Noah. It's more like instead of giving you a raise, you can just take all my son's money. And it's the weirdest thing too, because the, she keeps doing this thing where she talks directly to the audience, basically, right? Like to herself, to the audience, and she keeps saying stuff like, "What am I supposed to do to get people to like me?" It's like some people just want to be upset all the time. It's like, what are you talking about? What are you, What are you going on about? I don't get it. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I I just find her character to be super bizarre and weird. So I feel like her character has the most stage time. I feel like Rose has like some of the most like yeah, and she and really, I don't think anything that she really did gets resolved in any real way, um, other than that Noah gives her a hug at the end. I think he lets her tuck her into bed, which is mainly the thing that she was had a sticking point. She he won't let me tuck him into bed. Ah. Yeah, I guess I I don't know. It it was just she didn't really do anything to let to make her to make Noah want her to tuck him in. I think he just kind of lost Carolyn as a mother figure, so he just needs someone else now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why does um, Noah and Carolyn have their falling out, so to say? Okay, so for um, Shanika, uh, he's given $20, and of course he leaves the $20 in his pocket, and Carolyn's like, it's mine. They said I can have it. I could buy so much stuff with $20. That's like what I make in a week. Um and he's like, no, you have to let me have it. That was a gift or whatever. Now I can take my boy to the dentist. Now I can buy real presents for Christmas. The 20s mine. Now go away. Nothing but money. No, 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 Flesh fry. And hell's where Jews go when they die. Here's your twenty dollars, baby. So long, Noah. Goodbye. And I'm glad that they didn't just give her the high road. I mean, yeah, I would say she took the lower road considering Noah is actually supposed to be eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but throughout the show. <laughs> Um, people say to Caroline, why don't you just let out the person we all know you really are, that cold, mean person. She's like, no, I ain't gonna do that. And then the one time she does, she just feels such guilt, and she just lets out and begs God for mercy. No, I know you're a fucking heathen atheist, you're just trying to stir the shit. (laughs) I am absolutely trying to stir the shit. (laughs) (laughs) But, as an idea, religion is nice. No, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) What do you have against religion and having faith? What, do you want to live forever? I don't want to live forever. No, I want to fucking stop existing, but if other people want to live forever, who am I to tell them not to? 
Um, well, they're gonna force you to live forever, also. So, I mean, can't I feel like if, like, let's say we get to heaven and there's like a little door that's like, all right, you get to heaven. What do you want to do? I'm like, not exist. <laughs> Give me that button. That's my heaven to stop thinking. See, but here's the thing, man. Once you get there, you'll see that button and then you'll be like, oh, but what if heaven's great? And then you'll be like, oh, I guess I'll give it a try. And then, then you're stuck there. You're stuck there forever. Well, it's do, over. Do you think that- And you won't, you won't have the guts to press the button. You won't have the balls. Oh, you- I'll push that button! You won't have the balls to do it. You, you, th you think you would? No, I would not. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I Nobody would. Nobody would. Maybe. I don't know. Fans out there, if you went to heaven and you had a button to push, but you, is there a rule that you can't go into heaven? You either have to push the button or go into heaven? You can't come That's back out? That's the rule. If you go into heaven, you're, you're in there. That's it. That's all my life is forever. I have to exist listening to fucking harps and bullshit on a goddamn cloud. They're not harps, they're liars. Harps are gigantic. Little babies couldn't carry those. <laughs> Okay, it's a liar. I listen to liars <laughs> enough in my day-to-day -day life. <laughs> I, Heaven is full of liars. Yeah. <laughs> Heaven is full of liars. Another t-shirt idea. <laughs> Guys, get on making these t-shirts. We we got Man, a gold I, I should just I got to start a t-shirt factory. I mean, that's that's obvious. Uh, yeah, Andrew. Andrew's got it together. Um, but no, leave in the comments if you would push the button or go into heaven. I'd push the button. I think I'm gonna argue that Jess wouldn't push the button. Leave in the comments if you think Jess would have the balls. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, look up his home address and come to his house and tell him whether or not he has the balls with a gun. Oh my god. Okay, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Caroline or change. Alright, do you think I covered everything? I mean, there's obviously some other, like, some other plots, because, like, every character has their own tiny plot going on. Which is great. <laughs> what do you think of Carolyn's daughter, Emmy? Uh, I don't think much of her. Like, I don't think that she does much, is what I'm trying to say. She shows up, like, twice. Yeah, but she has, like, a whole storyline. She's, like, really behind Martin Luther King and being an activist and all that. And her mom's like, just keep your head to the ground and don't get killed. Yeah, and she's like, I don't care. I want to do that. I won't have to take my meds today. I'm not taking them. And I feel like it's really weird that she gets the last word. Like, she has the final song. And, like, she's, like, barely in it. And really, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't feel like the theme of this is... Martin Luther King and being an activist, though. I mean, that's not really what I gathered from the whole rest of the show. What'd you gather? Then the, the final theme song is? is like, well, uh, I mean, I feel like the theme. I, I don't even know if there is a theme. <laughs> like, the what do you think is the thematic like, tale? I feel like there's a theme, but I'm very curious as to what you think. Probably like. I feel like Mothers is a pretty big tie. Yes. I mean, you have the story with the stepmom. You have Carolyn as a mother figure for her own kids as well as Noah. And the fact that Noah's mom is dead and what that did to his dad and things like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I feel like that's kind of the tie. But then when, when it comes to like the, the show being over, they're like, all right, we're going to wrap it up with her kids singing about how they have to change the world. Well, the it's world like, does have okay. to change. You can't just ignore that part of, like, the history they're in. No, you can't, but you don't have to end the show with it. 
How would you have ended the show? Uh, end it with a number from Caroline. I mean, the, Caroline already <laughs> had her Lot's Wife song, which is basically her Rose's turn, where she just owns the stage. Like, it's all belongs to her. Or end it with, uh, like, what was the song? Why does her house have a basement or right. something like that? I, but then we lose, like, the great moment between Caroline and Noah, where they apologize to each other. Then end it with that. I get what they were trying to do. They wanted to have the ending be this big, like, like equality message because, you know, that's a powerful message and, you know, it's it's definitely a positive message. It's just, I'm not sure if it fit with the show, you know? I feel like it's not a very political show. No, I mean, they have it take place during this time where there is a lot of racial tensions. Um, and one of the plot points is definitely racial tensions, but um, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it actually really earns this, you know, grand ending about, like, how the children have to change the world. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong, but... This feels like it's not about the grand systematic racism as much as the small microaggression, like between like white people that think they're progressive and black people that are doing work basically for slave wages and Jews. Yeah, those two. Who I guess are white, they're simultaneously white people, but also not white people. So they have their own culture. Yes. And speaking as neither a black person or a Jew, it is really weird that no one in the behind the scenes of this musical are black. What do you think about that? I, I feel like if this had focused a bit more on Noah as if he was a point of view character, I'd be more okay with it. But since it kind of has the point of view of Carolyn, it bothers me. Are you saying that white people can't write black people? I'm saying it feels a little more disingenuous when they do. I mean... I did not know that there was nobody behind the scenes, and I didn't think it was weird when I watched it. I know. But, like, let me frame it like this. I feel the Jewish stuff, like the Jewish grandfather, the specifics there, ring a little bit more true than anything in Carolyn's household. Yeah, but Carolyn's household is not the focus, which is why this ending is odd. <laughs> because the ending is Carolyn's household. Well, I think that's part of the reason why that ending feels odd and tacked on and all that, because you have a bunch of white people that need a happy ending as if racism was solved and everything's great now. Well, the ending doesn't say it's solved. The ending says that they need to, they need to be the ones to change the world. Well, it becomes that way, especially when you think of it like, and 40 years later, look how far we've come. I mean, we have come pretty far from the 60s. <laughs> Yes, but we're not perfect yet, and this kind of frames it as if we're in a perfect utopia where race relationships are a-okay. I did not get that from this, I'll be honest. The ending is all about how we need to continue to work to change the world. And I feel like that is Which is a is totally most... good message. All, all I'm trying to say is it's a totally good message tacked on to the wrong musical. <laughs> I agree with you, and I think you and I are trying to say the same point here. It's just that mine says, if... If a Jewish person had written this show more about his relationship with, like, the Noah's relationship with his maid and all that, and framed her from that and learning more about her life from that point of view, it would have been a little bit more ingenuous, but a worse musical is the. Is I think the way you're, I you're, you're really focusing too hard on who wrote it because I don't think it really matters. I think I anyone feel... can write anything. I don't want I don't want to limit people to having to write 
from their own point of view because that limits people a lot so yeah did you notice that the music was written by the same lady that did shrek the musical did that give you that same feel it did not honestly the music in shrek is very different yes um janine tesori who is probably one of the best um music writers currently in the theater world she also did fun home which is one of my favorite musicals of all time um that she does a great job at like making a varied interesting piece of like music like series of music here it is weird that none of them feel like songs though they feel very much like opera or spoken word to beat more than actual musical numbers i think part of the problem i have with this show is exactly what you just said there it almost feels like an opera if they got rid of all the arias and literally just had it be the parts in between the actual songs and like the whole thing is just that mm. which i think is why it kind of feels so meandering and just kind of like it just goes and there's no resolution because very rarely do they have like a big like this is a number this is like a song number it's always it always just kind of feels like oh we're kind of going to the next song and we're still going to the next one and <laughs> you know we're just gonna keep on singing yeah, we're just going to keep singing, and I mean, it's technically a song, but there's no, like, repeating melody or, like, uh, you know, there's no, like, high point or anything like that, you know? It's kind of like a flat line. Right, and I feel that, too, and I think a lot of that doesn't come from the music as much as t- Tony Kushner's lyrics, whereas, once again, Tony Kushner is not a lyricist. He is a playwright and a very gifted playwright. And you can feel that he is more directed towards writing prose and playwrights and monologues more than he is writing a musical number. Yeah, which I guess probably put limitations on what you could do with the music mm-hmm. because you can't really write uh, a song to prose of just people talking, uh, you know? Despite her best efforts, yes. Yeah, um, which I I feel like... That especially just really makes this feel like it just kind of wanders around and like it's feeling, trying to feel its way to the end of the story. Yeah, it doesn't (laughs) feel like a progression. It feels kind of like you're just stepping and stepping and stepping and stepping. Yeah. You're not going upstairs, you're going up. (laughs) Instead of going up an escalator, you're at that like moving thing at the airport. Yeah. Um, And I think... Like, my favorite part of the show is the parts about the money being left in the laundry, because that's the only part that kind of builds to a climax yes. and then gets resolved. Every other plot point in this, like, every other arc in this is just, like, nothing really happens. Like, like let's look at Rose's plot. I mean, she wants Noah to finally like her, uh, and she wants Carolyn to like her. Um, so what she does is she tells them that, um, you know, you can keep the, you can keep the change and then she doesn't really do anything to make Noah like her, I guess. And then at the end of it, all is forgiven just out of, kind of out of nowhere. And it's just mm-hmm. like, all right, <laughs> I guess. As much as I do feel like the plot could use a little bit of reworking, I think that the fact there isn't an easy answer at least before the epilogue where it's like the kids need to save everyone. Um, that feels real. It feels honest. Like when she's like, he's like, can we be friends again? And she's like, we was never friends. Like yeah. it feels 
complicated, and it, it almost makes me wish Tony Kushner hadn't made this a musical. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like writing a musical that is a through song musical is a big risk. Um, in but my sometimes opinion. it really works, like Les Mis, Jesus Christ Superstar, Evita. Yes, and sometimes it can really pay off. But you notice the thing with those ones that you named there, they all have big song numbers. Like, yes. They all have these, like, big numbers that it builds to. Like, you know, like Les Mis, you're not just kind of waiting through sung dialogue for three hours and then maybe this one big number at the end, you know? Like, Les Mis, like, there's a talking part where they sing it and then there's a song. <laughs> um, whereas this one, it just feels like it's it's those middle sections just all the way through the entire thing. <laughs> I like the instrumental descriptions. Like Noah describes his dad as a clarinet, not a clarinetist. He is a clarinet, and his mother was a bassoon, and like all that. That's interesting. Like I, I wish more like, had been done with that. I like the clarinet stuff. I mean. When they go in, they do the clarinet. I mean, the clarinet gets solos a lot, and I think the actor's actually playing it on stage, which is cool. Which is great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, music-wise, the music is not, like, the instrumentals and everything's not bad. I think that they were just tied down to the lyrics and couldn't really do much with it. Yeah, like, if Tony Kushner had wrote this play and then brought Janine Tesori and another lyricist, let's just say, um, let's just say Lisa Crone from Fun Home, and they just wrote this play together and worked through it, I think this would have been a better piece with, like, big musical numbers. I think that Tony Kushner... I find this a lot with a lot of playwrights or story screenwriters and all that. Like, I'm going to direct this too, which I'm guilty of sometimes. Um, they're hubris getting in the way of making something great because they want to do it all. Yeah. And I think collaboration is one of the best things in creating great art. I mean, if you're... I mean, your ego will get in your in your way more often than anything, you know? Like, if, if you think I can do it all and I don't need help, your ego gets in the way, you know? Yeah, and it stops <laughs> great art from coming out of it. Um, there's And there's a lot of scenes in this where it feels like it would be better if it was not sung, um, you know? What's the, are you thinking of anything in specific? There's, there's, like, parts where the... Like, honestly, like... Parts that are even climactic, like the parts with the $20 bill, like I almost feel like that would have been more intense if they were just yelling at each other. I disagree. I think the singing <laughs> nature works particularly well there because it does kind of stop and become melodic and become sung parts so that when she has that acapella moment at the end where she's like, that's where Jews go when they die, like that hits twice as hard because of the lack of music there. I suppose, but I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff that I, I just feel like it doesn't need to be sung. Um, every time Rose is on is on stage and like talking to the audience is like kind of awkward. Andrew, she's talking to you. I thought you loved that. And I I like it when there's a camera and they're looking at the camera. I don't like <laughs> it when they're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew! Andrew's turned against the the uh, the. The fourth wall being broken. All right. Do you want to go into a mid-show? I guess. I guess. I guess. Hey, guys. Sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a shilly shill, 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 sh
<laughs> um, today's show is brought to you by extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Andrew, who is currently donating to us on Patreon? Well, let's see. We have Stephanie L, Terry Needleman, Max Lunick, Benjamin Lear, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John, Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Tiskier, Colin McLeod, Fire of September, Mina Maniri, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Haley Murray, Allison Wonderland, B-Way Flicks, Mikkel Joan, Nathaniel Stephen Coombe, Joseph Evans Green, Luna Rocks 222, Rago Dro Witter, William Watt, and Carrie Ahern. Good job. Um, I tried my best. All you wonderful <laughs> people for donating to us. We love you so much. These people give us financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musical with Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day early or even earlier, come join us over or at if Patreon. Just, uh, All right, Andrew, you want to get back to the show? Or if you just want to hear me butcher your name every week, I mean, that's another good reason. Every week. <laughs> every week, Andrew just gets every name wrong. Remember when Mina Maniri was the hard one? Mina Moroni? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you, Mina. We love you very much, Mina. We do, we do. All right, let's get back to the show. Sixteen feet below sea level, torn between the devil and the muddy brown sea. Sixteen soggy feet below the Gulf of Mexico. What do you think of the weird opening number of sixteen feet beneath the sea? Um, I like that it sets up the setting, um, as well as. Well, I mean, the setting. It just sets up the setting as well as the character a little bit. Um, right. I think it's neat. I, I don't... I like that it comes... I, it's really hard to describe any one song. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I'm like, I'm the, when do you consider this song starts and ends? Is what I was going to ask. <laughs> like, does this song start at the beginning and end when they're when they leave this room? Or does it start with Carolyn alone and then end when someone else joins? I think it ends when someone else joins, or just whenever the composer puts the new song start. <laughs> what do you think of the opening? I think it's good. Um, I think you really get a sense of Carolyn's worldview, but I just wish I wish it was more of an opening number. <laughs> I know that's really dumb to say, but I wish we had a little bit more of a theater It needs number. a hook, you know? And I mean, maybe... It's got a great title. I think that title alone, that sings. That 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 feels like it could sing off yeah, the page. Yeah, and it comes back. That idea of the fact that, you know, everything in uh, Louisiana is underwater, um, that comes back at the end as well with uh, with Noah asking where if his mom is underwater and with the song Underwater, which is like the last song, I think, or the second to last song. Um but it doesn't have like a good hook. Like there's nothing to really draw you in right away musically. At least not in my opinion. I mean, the music itself is good. And can we talk cuz I don't think we're going to be able to do like a really in-depth The, song the problem by is song. there's like 100 songs if how... you count them. And <laughs> <laughs> but the music itself is so unlike anything else. It reminds me a lot of falsettos, but it's not quite there. It reminds me of falsettos, but um, only at certain times, and they do go a little more... I like, I actually like it when they go a little more R&B. They actually have, like, these... Uh, in a few songs, they have these, like, backup singers that come in, and they even do, like, the R&B dancing, um, like, backup singer dancing, which is kind of neat. Um, and I like when they do that. And then also, whenever the, like father is there it goes very heavily like a jewish sound 
Klesmer yeah. kind of chewy. Yeah, so, so I mean, there's a little bit of variation, which is nice. I think that this this would be... I'll be honest, I think I would not have liked this show at all if they didn't have that musical variation. Um, because then it would have just felt like two hours of the same song playing. <laughs> and I can see that. Um, but I like it when, like, that that... I don't even know. I think it's part of the radio quartet where that deep voice is like, Oh, no, Carolyn. Yeah, I think the coolest stuff they do in this is uh, some of the vocal stuff they do because they always bring in backup vocalists and things like that, which is cool. And some of it feels like reminiscent of Dave Malloy's work in like Great Comet or even like the octet musical. Yeah, although those ones have more defined uh, song structures, so... I mean, to a certain point, yes, I agree with you. Was there any musical, like, because you, uh, in case the people around us don't know, Andrew doesn't like musical theater, but he knows music very well, whereas I know basic music theory and It's not that I don't that, like but music I'm not theater. Like, I mean, that's, that's a bit of an exaggeration, Jess. <laughs> you've watched a piece of musical theater every week for the last um, 70, 73 weeks, 74. 78 weeks. Yeah, so I mean, I've watched a lot of music theater. I think I've watched more than most people probably have. (laughs) (laughs) So, if I didn't like it, I'm a a trooper. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, do you think Andrew's a true musical theater fan now? Is the premise of our show fundamentally flawed at this point? Our show has broken at its core, and it will never recover. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What were you going to say? Oh, I, I, I've got plans. I've got, if this show, like, doesn't, like, recover, I've got some ideas. I don't know what we're recovering from. I feel like we've been doing pretty good. <laughs> I I have some ideas for, like, actual videos. Um, Like, I have this fun idea where we get, like, an actual Broadway choreographer to try to teach us ballroom dancing. And Why we are we not that. doing that right like that now? That's, like, the best idea you've ever had. I, I feel like that'd be such a good like video okay, okay. to do, like and just okay. basic. So we've gotten me in to musical theater in quotes. Now we have to get me yes. into musical theater. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that is my roughly planned out next step after Music- like we kind of musicals hit a wall with cheese phase two, making Andrew a Broadway Honestly. star. <laughs> Honestly, this has kind of been my plan phase, all Phase along, two like, doesn't end while. until I'm the lead of a show on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, like, a main ensemble. <laughs> Alright, guys. Let us know in the comments if that's something you want us to do. Because I'm, I'm so down to fucking do this. All right. Dude, that would be, that's the billion dollar idea right there. Honestly, it has been something I've been thinking about a lot. Because uh, somebody else is going to do it. (laughs) They are already, even if it is in the episode or we do it already, people are going to rip it off. I mean, people already rip rip us us off off all the time. It's so sad. (laughs) Andrew, tell the Today Tick story. I don't even know the whole story, Jess. You have to tell that story. So Today Ticks, as most of you probably know, is like, this resource where a lot of people can get a lot of cool, you know, theater tickets for a discount price. Okay? Okay. They sponsor a lot of podcasts, and a couple days ago, as of recording this, they they make 
an Instagram post where they compare musicals to specific types of cheese. Hmm, that doesn't sound familiar in the ah! slightest. Ah! I wonder where they got that idea. I wonder. And then people in the comments point out, like, y'all, y'all stole this. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> and they started tagging us in it. And I was like trying to be diplomatic about it, like, oh, a cheesy caper. And then they're like, oh no, I guess we'll have to collaborate next time. And I'm like, what a bullshit response. I would have preferred if you said yeah, nothing. I mean, why didn't you collaborate this time? We would have done it. <laughs> Honestly, you could have just tagged us, been like, idea stolen from musicals with cheese, you know. There's no way that they just came up with that by themselves. It's such a bizarre idea. I mean, it's so stupidly specific. <laughs> like, no one else could have come up with that except for you. It's, <laughs> it's kind of the point. All right. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, like, I'm not, like, super mad, but, like, that is really kind of like on the, it's like what are you doing <laughs> i mean i'm not neither of us are mad it's more like you're gonna be that blatant about it it's fine now we'll never get sponsored by today ticks it's over <laughs> yeah sorry today ticks step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Always days when people who hold their head high getting through. I can't. I can't. Ain't never been no good finding joy the way you should. Hoping water turned to wine. Hope's fine. Ah, hope's fine. Hope's fine. Jelly turned to mud and stumbled. 
Lot's Wife might be one of my favorite musical theater songs. And it is like, I know it's like our 11 o'clock number. It's right after Carolyn racial slurs her way into not being Noah's maid anymore. Well, I mean, she never actually got fired. She just left. She just stopped going because her own guilt wouldn't let her let her eyes on Noah again. So she goes to church and is like, God, why? Why am I here? I'm such a horrible person. And just like this self-pity, emotional release of like, I'm poor. I can't support my family and I'm mean. And why? Why? And then she turned into a pillar of salt. Yep. Yep. Just just like Lot's wife. Just like Lot's wife. And I think this is like... There's a lot of moments in musical theater that I think are, like, so difficult to perform. One of them is I'm Here from um, Color Purple, which we did. Um, another one is Rose's Turn from... And I think Lot's Wife is right up there. Because it just jumps from topic to topic, and it does kind of have a bridge, and it kind of does have, like, an actual chorus, so to say. Yeah, and it, it's repetitious. What I think this song is, like, what they built the entire show up to. Which is what makes it kind of the best moment right. in the whole thing. Because it kind of like, if the rest of the show feels a little bit like a flat line, this is like the one heartbeat. <laughs> yes. And it ends like so, so, so gut-wrenchingly with, um, from evil she done, Lord, set her free, set her free, set me free. Don't let my sorrow make evil of me. Like, it is a self-discovery like song of, I have been bad in the past, but I really don't want that to be me anymore. Yeah, no, it's a great moment, and I think it's it's the best part of the show, in my opinion, too, because basically everything in this climax part is what I feel like more of the show should have been. Like, we should have had more moments like this. Maybe not specifically exactly like this, but more more heavy drama, more emotion, and less... More melodrama. I know it sounds weird to, like, ask for more melodrama. Well, this isn't... I wouldn't say this is melodrama. I think this is, like, real drama. I would say the rest of the show feels like melodrama, where it's just, like, you know, small infighting with the family and, like, just little things, like, happening. And it's like, this is just dumb, you know? Uh, give me something really emotional. And this is, like, somebody actually really messed up and did something bad to a little kid and is now really guilty about it, you know? <laughs> yes, and you don't see stuff like that in musical theater. That's where you got that, like, as you said, the yeah. heartbeat. <laughs> and I just wish there was more of that. I wish there was more real emotions um, and less just kind of, like, petty infighting. <laughs> I don't... I think it comes that way a little bit when she slaps her daughter... Um, for, like, talking back to a white man. Like, I don't want you to get killed and all Yeah, but that. that's such a minor part, and they really don't come back to that very much. Uh, the, the daughter, all of Carolyn's family is not in it enough, in my opinion. I agree, and I wish they were in it more. I, I also agree, because it would have given it more. But I think that the the writer probably wanted to stay where he's a little more comfortable, and so he tried to write more about the Jewish family. Which, honestly, I would have preferred if he just didn't do that and just focus on the main character, you know? It's, I felt like, it felt like a cake and eat it too kind of moment where I was like, I, I want to focus on the Jewish family because that's what I know, that's where I feel comfortable. But also, I can't just ignore Carolyn's family. Yeah, and also, Carolyn has all the good drama in all of the, like, I mean, come on, like, what, what does 
I mean, I keep bragging on Rose, but what does Rose have in this story? I mean, she she's literally she has a song where she's just on the phone complaining to her dad about how she isn't as rich as she seems. It's like, come on. <laughs> hey, I complain to my dad about not being as rich as I seem all the time. Oh, yeah, and that's great. But, like, when you have an actual character that has real drama, like, this is just petty garbage. Like, get this get this off the stage. I want to see some good... I want to see the good stuff. <laughs> Show me a girl turn into a pillar of salt. Come on! Come on! <laughs> All right, Andrew, what was your overall thoughts on Carolina Change and your cheese rating? Well, let's see. I mean, my overall thoughts, if I haven't made it clear, I wasn't in love with this. Um, it's it's definitely... I don't know what I want to say. Is it... It's trying a lot of things, and there's a lot of, like, subplots, and there's definitely a story here that they wanted to tell. I just don't know if it's told in a way that I find satisfying. Um, and for me, it kind of dragged a little bit. And the good parts were really good. And I mean, when you got when you get close to the end, that's where it starts becoming more intriguing. But you have to sit through the whole like all of Act One. You have to sit through before you can even get there, you know, and, and like in Act One, I mean, Act One ends on like nothing like what has happened in Act One when you get to the end of Act to, to the end of Act One? You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I feel where you're coming from, and it is a little bit of like petty infighting in a family. Yeah, it's like I don't care. <laughs> you know, I I deal with this stuff in my real life. I don't need to. I don't want to see this on the screen or Are on the stage. Are you saying you go to musicals to send take away your bluesicles? Absolutely. I mean, that's. <sighs> And I know it's art, and people like to say art can be whatever you want it to be, but in the end, it's entertainment. You know, I want to be entertained, and this is uh, that just doesn't entertain me. So, I mean, that's my but opinion. But the thing is, like, <laughs> even the more, like, melodramatic, darker stuff does entertain you, or at least catches your attention. Yeah, and I think what it is is that there just really isn't anything happening. And it just, or or there is stuff happening, and it's just not portrayed in an exciting way. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean... That's my opinion. Obviously, I, there is some redeeming qualities to this, and the music is good enough that I could definitely see someone really enjoying this. Uh, that person just isn't me. <laughs> and she's rating. Um, oh, man, let's see. Uh, I want to give it, like, a Louisiana cheese, but here's the thing is when I look up Louisiana cheeses, like uh, famous ones, it's, it's goat cheese. And I just gave goat cheese to the other show we did. <laughs> uh, how about um, I'm gonna give it a uh, Creole cheese, which is a, a farmer cheese from New Orleans. How about that? Sounds good. Um, I like this a lot more than I expected to. I was a little disappointed in how there wasn't too much drama throughout it, but it feels very in line with Tony Kushner. I'm mostly disappointed in the fact that I don't think the lyrical writing is that sound and its integration with the music feels very awkward and stilted and cr creates like a weird robot language that they're kind of all speaking in. Yeah. I think it's a show that could, it could be good. It, they just, it needs to be shopped a lot in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in the new upcoming Broadway revival that's coming in 2020. I think they're making a lot of changes and updating it a bit, so I'm very I'm interested to see where that's going to go. I think you have so much talent involved in this, and it's so close to greatness, and it's not there yet. 
However, um, cheese rating, I am giving it a $20 cheese flight from Costco because my $20, give it back! My $20, give it back! <laughs> Racism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want that. Nope. <laughs> All right, Andrew. What's that? Before we move on, how would you muppetize this? Oh my god. <laughs> um, this can't be muppetized. Are you kidding me? Are you saying oh, it can't oh, okay, be muppetized? Okay. Okay. Uh, Carolyn. Um, Miss Piggy. Easy. I would not have put Miss Piggy as Carolyn. I would have put her as um the wife, the ex-wife, or the new wife. Really? Yes. I don't see that. Maybe. I I don't know. She's complaining about how she doesn't have money. That's the most Miss Piggy thing to okay, do. Okay, okay, okay. Miss Piggy as Carolyn, and then the the There Is No God guy can be um, Kermit, and then we now have this like new sexual tension thing going on. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's a there's some spice for you. There's a little drama. Um, I don't see Kermit being able to play the clarinet. Yeah, that's why we replace it with a banjo. <laughs> My dad's a banjo, uh, and Robin would play Noah, obviously. Oh yeah, of course, because Robin is uh, the son. And okay, uh, Rose. I would see Rose as like that bassist girl who's like, you know, I don't know. No, she's too chill. She's too chill. She can't do it. I don't know who would play Rose. I guess Miss Piggy could just do both because she's the only girl Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> and she's played by Frank Oz. I mean, that that is the thing with Muppetizing musicals. There's not enough girl Muppets. Yeah. We, you run into that problem a lot. Hey, Disney, where's all the girl Muppets? Yo, Disney, what are you, a bunch of sexists? No girl Muppets? And you want the Muppets to win an Oscar? I don't think so. <laughs> they won an Oscar. Don't you remember? I don't remember. What did they win? Man or a Muppet for best original song. Oh, man. Remember this? Oscars are sexist. was proven now. <laughs> they are because, because Muppets ain't got no women. Muppets got no women's. <laughs> um, uh, one more. Statler and Waldorf will be playing the grandfather. Oh, absolutely. And we can have it be two, and they can be like... Uh, yes. Gay grandpas. Gay grandpas, but they don't say it. It's not in there because it's a Disney property, but, you know, it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing, you know? But, like, you know, you know on the real, though, China doesn't need to know. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're not making out on screen, are you even gay? That's what I have to say. I mean, whenever I see a character in a show or something and they don't immediately kiss somebody, I'm like, what's their sexuality? I guess they don't have one. <laughs> I mean, no one, no one has seen me and Andrew in person, so maybe maybe we're gay and we're just kissing all the time when we're not on the podcast. The crazy thing is, me and Jess haven't even seen each other in person. <laughs> no, maybe the sexual tension between us is just so powerful. The minute we're we're face to face in person, it's just like <laughs> tongue literally in the other one's stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tonguing your belly button the minute I see it's you. It's over. No, no, you're going all the way down my throat. Like you're, <laughs> you're lapping up the stomach acid. That's how far in you are. Oh my! That gosh. is disgusting. Oh, <laughs> no, what's not disgusting though? Um, our beautiful patrons. You're quite right. Our wonderful patrons. You are not disgusting. And if I could, I would tongue kiss you all the way down to your belly button. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you for listening this far in. I, I can't wait for all the tweets saying, my God, I almost threw up <laughs> listening to you guys. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, that we, we, uh, yeah. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher <laughs> at Musicals with Cheese. Our Twitter is at Cheesy Musicals. Our Instagram is Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is also Musicals with Cheese. Our email is musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Our title card is created by the amazing Jolene Casco. Send her love at Jolene Casco on Instagram. All right, Andrew, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this shit on I'm just, up? Like, why can't we ever get corporate sponsors, you know? Like, I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm licking, <laughs> licking up your stomach acid from <laughs> making out too hard. I just don't understand why corporations don't want to touch us. <laughs> I want to touch them. because <laughs> I want... <laughs> Good night, everyone! Good night, everybody! <laughs> I love ya! <laughs>Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.